0: of this podcast today is january 24th 2022 and monday in the news over the weekend some troubling reports which we will talk about here shortly biden administration warns it will not be in a position to evacuate u.s citizens from ukraine one headline reads from Ryan Saavedra at TheDailyWire.com. Another headline from Ryan Saavedra. Biden considering sending thousands of U.S. troops, ships, aircraft to Eastern Europe. Another headline. Biden slammed over reports he can't evacuate U.S. citizens out of Ukraine. Criminally incompetent. An earlier article also from Ryan Saavedra. He's a busy bee, isn't he? Biden admin orders families of all U.S. personnel at embassy in Ukraine to leave, report says. But, as I say, we'll get into that in a moment. We will not jump the gun. We are not in a hurry. We are going to slow down and think about these things. And before we get into that, I'd like to share with you a little bit about a book I started yesterday. I thought maybe I would finish it. I thought perhaps it would be my fourth book in four days that I had finished. And as I got to the end of my work for the day, the close of my shift, I had two hours left. And I also was sending audio messages back and forth with some good friends of mine asking for some advice, and also just discussing, discussing uh, theology, and quite frankly, I'll, I'll tell you what we were discussing, actually. Discussing the moral dilemma, and perhaps it shouldn't feel like a moral dilemma, but I do feel conflicted, surrounding having taken a job where I work every other weekend. And I think it is... Especially hitting hard here lately because, with the stage of pregnancy that my wife is in right now, she's very uncomfortable, has a hard time walking, and is just not in a great position to be taking all of the children by herself to church and having to chase them down. Seven children being chased down by a Very pregnant woman is not a recipe for happiness. (laughs) It is a recipe for embarrassment and also consternation. And yet, I find myself yesterday, Sunday morning, at home again. We had gone to church the week before, but looking at by and large, a month and a half of having stayed home from church, not because we're upset with people or angry with people or just don't care or are feeling lazy, but because we are trying to be protective. I'm more to the point trying to be protective of my wife and my children and myself and the other people that we would go to church with. I don't want to be a distraction, be a spectacle for their sake any more than for our sake. And yet, as thankful as I am for this job, I do wonder to myself, did I make a mistake taking a job where I rotate off and on every other weekend? I'm working every other weekend I'm scheduled to for the foreseeable future. And I don't think I made a mistake, but I want to check myself. I want to double-check myself, and I want to ask people that I respect, who I trust, and see what they think, and so I did, and I didn't, meanwhile, finish Dan Carlin's The End is Always Near, Apocalyptic Moments from the Bronze Age Collapse to Nuclear Near Misses. I'm almost finished, I'm down to two hours, I thought I would finish it yesterday, but I didn't, and I hope to finish it today, and I'll be coming back to you hopefully tomorrow, with a review of that book and some extended commentary. For now, I will just give you this teaser that Dan Carlin is the host of the award-winning podcast Hardcore History, if you've heard of that one. He actually graduated from the University of Boulder here in Colorado, lives in Oregon. If his bio is up to date, And Dan Carlin has a perspective which holds in high regard Will Durant's The Story of Civilization series. I need to get back to that one as well. I'm two books into it. And if you've caught my commentary on Will Durant so far, you know that I am not a fan of Will Durant. He wrote an epic history of human civilization. And so I want to read it so I can say that I read it and also get as much value out of it as can be gotten. But his perspective is inherently flawed. It's deeply and fundamentally flawed at the root with regards to giving credit to any other adjacent culture besides the Jewish culture or the Christian culture throughout history, giving credit to adjacent cultures for what we read in the Bible, definitely taking the secular humanist perspective that the Bible is not God's inspired word. Well, that's not the case. I don't agree with that. That's not my position. I hold that the Bible is God's inspired word. And if I'm correct then giving credit for these stories and myths and this history that we find in the biblical text to other cultures, to the Babylonians or the Assyrians or the Sumerians or the Greeks or what have you, is an injustice and foolishness. But Dan Carlin seems to take a similar tack. He seems to take his cues from Will Durant. I think that's a mistake. More on that soon, but for now, for today, let's talk about what seems to me like history repeating itself. It seems to me as though just a few short months ago, we were having very similar lead up articles about Afghanistan and the Biden administration's unequivocal surrender of that country to the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS-K, as it's known. Kind of like Special K. They definitely are special in their way. And by extension, China. By extension, the Biden administration, in giving the country of Afghanistan back to the Taliban, gave all of those rare earth metals and that strategic location to China. And China wasted no time, wasted no time whatsoever, swooping in and getting photo ops with Taliban leadership, offering their congratulations, their affirmation, endorsing the legitimacy of the Taliban government, decrying American imperialism, which is rich, coming from China. I just miss the way he said China. A friend of mine here recently sent me a meme saying as much. It's Kermit the Frog holding a cup of tea, looking out a window covered in rain. It's overcast outside, clearly. He looks wistful and melancholy. I just miss the way he said China. (laughs) Do you miss me yet? Is another meme I've seen a time or two. You all know who I'm talking about. But, dance with the one who brung ya. We've got President Biden and his State Department, the United States government, advertising that they're not in a position to ad- evacuate. <clears throat> they're not in a position to get U.S. citizens out of Ukraine not in a position. Sounds as though we can expect a similar ordeal for our brothers and sisters and friends who are in country, as Russia at any time might invade Ukraine and take it over and annex it. Putin sees no reason to be afraid of America. He sees a lot of reason to feel his oats and to go for it. To act now before the midterm elections, perhaps? Is he feeling a little bit like he needs to hurry up before Democrats lose their razor-thin hold on power in this country? I wonder. Criminally incompetent. That's the other headline, one of the other headlines from Ryan Saavedra. At the Daily Wire, Biden slammed over reports he can't evacuate U.S. citizens out of Ukraine. Criminally incompetent. If it is incompetence, it is not a Fox News invention that he is experiencing cognitive decline. That is not whatever CNN, the American Pravda of our time would claim to the contrary it is not a Fox News fabrication that Biden is experiencing cognitive decline. I think we can find an explanation for what's wrong with the Democrats, what's broken with the Democrats in the book of Romans. Thinking themselves wise, they became fools and their foolish hearts were darkened. God gave the Democrats up to a delusion, essentially. God has allowed them as a kind of judgment on them to think themselves very smart. And we all are suffering for it. But as sad as that is, and as real as the pain is that's coming, and there's no reason to suppose that in the short term that pain is going to be alleviated, There's no reason to suppose that we are going to stop Russia from taking Ukraine. For that matter, there's no reason to believe we're going to stop China from taking Taiwan. The pain is real in the short term for the folks impacted in those countries, and the threat of force against us, the threat of cyber attacks, of terrorist attacks, of nuclear strikes may just deter us from doing more than rattling our sabers and engaging in a diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Olympics. But they're not going to be satisfied. You know that, right? China and Russia will not be satisfied with gobbling up the Ukraine or Taiwan. Their goal is world domination. And if they are in a position to get us to back down with threats of cyber attacks, and if it works, then it is the domino theory. Libertarians don't seem to understand this. The isolationist crowd doesn't seem to understand this. It is the domino theory. I maintain stubbornly that it was a good fight it was a good shoot for us to go into Korea. The anti war on any terms, we just want peace, live and let love crowd who questions, well, what did we get out of going into Korea? That wasn't our problem. It wasn't our fight. They miss the big picture. Sooner or later, it becomes our fight. Sooner or later, it comes to our doorstep. And we should not suppose ourselves insulated from conquest, from being plundered, from being sacked. And all the more we should see ourselves as extremely vulnerable when we have leaders such as we do who are incompetent, insecure, power hungry, very foolish, but you can't reason with them. And that makes them all the worse. If they were wise, they would be open to correction, but they're not wise They're wise in their own eyes, which is a far cry from being wise. It may seem like a very weak consolation when I say what I'm about to say and what I will keep on saying. Someone looking at these headlines can struggle with all of the anger that I struggled with watching the downfall of Afghanistan, seeing us fail to evacuate our citizens, our allies, failing to extract even our technology and our military hardware, our weaponry, our ammunition, something like $2 trillion, I think it was, in investment over the past 20 years, an absurd amount of hardware, The Chinese came in and were very happy to help the Taliban catalog and inventory and troubleshoot. And someone will say, oh, yeah, but the Afghanis, they don't have the wherewithal to be able to use it. They don't know how to fly it. They don't know how to work it. They don't know how to do anything useful with it. Talk sense. China is happy to teach them. China knows. Because China has been stealing our technology. China has been stealing our information, our knowledge, our wherewithal, our secrets. And they've gotten very good at copying us and innovating and building on our designs. I read a book by Kai-Fu Li. Here a couple of years ago, AI superpowers, all about China and the US on a collision course in a new kind of space race, but this one predicated on artificial intelligence, machine learning, the internet of things. China is building out theirs in a very, very different way than how we are building out ours And yet, part of their strategy has been to lure American companies into compliance with the Chinese Communist Party by holding hostage access to the vast Chinese market. It's a shell game. As Western developed countries have poured money into China for decades, the Chinese Communist Party has enriched itself. It's allowed for a free market without allowing its people to be free, and it has developed our technology, stolen our technology, and developed it to consolidate and guarantee its own absolute power and control over its own people. Xi Jinping has powers which previous Chinese emperors wouldn't have even been able to dream of. He has powers over 1.4 billion Chinese persons, which the worst tyrants throughout history could have only hoped to have. Rod Draher's book, Live Not By Lies, talks about this to some extent, the concern that Western folks, Americans in particular, have naively given over their private information and What folks who grew up in communist countries, who lived under communist rule during the heyday of the Soviet Union, knew is that the Soviet secret police could and would use any information on you they had to destroy you, to manipulate you, to bully you, to use you as an example. The information just needed to be true enough to make an allegation stick, and you could be blackmailed, You could be extorted, you could be coerced, you could be threatened, and here we are giving up all of our private information and seeing a kind of social credit score system being developed here in the U.S. along similar lines to what China has. And the trouble with the technology right now and the type of war that World War III will be is that china can very easily if it dominates us turn all of these technologies all of these systems all of these conveniences into instruments of control and totalitarianism i have two smart tvs my wife and i both have smartphones our children have kindles we have an echo dot we were able to get for five dollars all of the levers and buttons and dials and switches, which enabled the radical left in this country to silence criticism of the candidate Joe Biden during the 2020 election, to silence dissent and criticism of the WHO, the CDC, the NIH, the AID, Dr. Fauci, to silence criticism of the 2020 election and the validity of the 2020 election, to censor images and video and audio and reports regarding January 6th, on and on and on and on and on. The radical left in this country, the establishment left increasingly, or increasingly openly, I should say, has shown us what can be done with these technologies when they're just dipping their toe in the water. Now see all of that handed over to China like the Ukraine is about to be handed over to Russia. And yet we see this weak (sighs) pretending at a resistance on the part of the Biden administration. He's considering sending thousands of U.S. troops, ships, aircraft to Eastern Europe. He's considering it. Okay, first off, you don't, consider it. You either do it or you don't do it. Have you never seen The Empire Strikes Back? Do or do not, there is no try. Have you ever, have you never seen Return of the Jedi? Have you never seen Yoda lecturing Luke Skywalker on I'll try? No, 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 no. Get out of here with that I'll try talk. Do it or don't do it. Don't test the waters with public support. Is it there? Is it not there? We want to look like we could if we wanted to. It's embarrassing. It's dangerous. It's worse than embarrassing. Someone will say, for me to say it's embarrassing might be disrespectful. (laughs) This is a matter of life and death. That we are considering sending thousands of U.S. troops, ships, aircraft to Eastern Europe. You do it or you don't do it. For that matter, thousands of U.S. troops, ships, aircraft to Eastern Europe is a token. Why thousands? Maybe just send dozens. Maybe just send one. Send one guy holding an American flag for a photo op. Just send one so you can say we showed up. It's worse than nothing. Biden considering sending thousands of U.S. troops, ships, and aircraft. You're projecting weakness. You're chumming the water for the sharks. And it'll sound weird when I say, I think we have reason to be optimistic in the medium and long term. For one thing, none of this takes God by surprise. For another thing, my sons were asking me here recently, actually last Sunday, not yesterday, but a week ago, whether President Obama was a better president or a worse president than Joe Biden. I said, well, for one thing, Joe Biden was his vice president. And they said, yeah, no, we know that. I was like, oh, wow. Well, okay, good. I said, actually, you know, I think Obama did a great deal more harm because he was charming. He made bad ideas sound good and he made good ideas sound bad because he was so charming, because he was so artful, he was so slick. He's a good salesman. He sells it. And Biden, in his way, is far less dangerous because he's actually making bad ideas sound bad because of his bungling. Now, the dangerous thing is, based on where we're at right now, the risk of our being so thoroughly demoralized by the abysmal leadership of Biden, given the circumstances, given the fact that we could have potentially <clears throat> World War Three break out any time, that is very, very dangerous. And I don't think we've been maneuvered into this position with God not paying attention. We should not suppose that God is unaware or feeble-minded or forgetful or apathetic towards us. The good Lord is as sovereign as he ever was, and our country is under judgment. One more thing I will say for right now, and I will touch on this more soon, but Dan Carlin's book, The End is Always Near, is entirely about the fact that cultures are always rising and falling, You have cultures rise, and then when their culture is in decline and they're about to collapse, they always think that the world is coming to an end. Well, it's not the world that's coming to an end. It's your culture. Your culture is dying. In our case, our culture is not just dying, we're killing it. To adapt Friedrich Nietzsche's famous line about God being dead and us killing him, America is dead and we killed it. Or... Such may be the case. I hope that's the ghost of Christmas future. I hope that we can acquire the sobriety and the discipline which is needed. See trouble coming and hide ourselves, as Proverbs says, the wise person does. I hope we can see the handwriting on the wall that we need leaders who have some sense And leadership is essential. You will have leadership in one direction or another. You will have leadership that's failed leadership. And if the leader, the person at the top, is dishonest, confused, temperamental, abrasive, thin-skinned, defensive, capricious, unreasonable, short-tempered, vengeful, spiteful, divisive. Well then, you will get some people emboldened by that act just so, believing they will be rewarded for it. And they will. They will be rewarded, but not the way they think. Not in the long run. What goes around comes around. But you also get other people who think, oh, well, if that's what leadership is, well, I don't want to be a leader. It's very similar to my preparation for this book on marriage. You get young people growing up in broken homes, having a father who either wasn't there at all because they were born out of wedlock, they never knew their father, he abandoned the family, or never married their mother to begin with, or their parents got divorced when they were young and it was a broken home. They had one parent or the other, but not both. You have a lot of young people in America who have grown up in broken homes like that, and when it comes time for them to decide what to do romantically, they have no interest in getting married. They have no interest in committing themselves to that because it's not a positive message. It's not a positive scenario in their minds. They can't envision a positive scenario. They don't know what that looks like. The most dangerous thing about Biden is that he may just push a lot of Americans who have traditionally loved America and believed in it to throw in the towel. And I'm seeing some of that. I'm hearing some of that from friends of mine who do love this country. I'm seeing them discouraged, frustrated. And I'm thinking to myself, gird up your loins. What if you were up next? (laughs) Are you in any frame of mind to be up next? If you were going to need to step into this vacuum that's about to be created by the Democrats' field leadership, are you preparing yourself for that at all? At all, at all? Or are you assuming it's always somebody else's job? Is it the bystander effect? Oh, well, nobody else is stepping up to the plate. I certainly don't want to be the one, but I will criticize everyone else for not stepping up to the plate. We need to be reading books. We need to be cultivating good judgment. We need to be building our families up, training our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, loving our wives, having strong homes, strong families, strong friendships. That last piece can be harder than ever, given that we are so isolated with COVID, with lockdowns, with fear of cancel culture, the left knew what they were doing. The left in this country knew what they were doing. They essentially put the whole world in solitary confinement as a way of breaking us down so that they could go for broke, so that they could take over the world for communism. Call it what you will, but when they all carry around Mao's Little Red Book of Sayings and the Communist Manifesto and Das Kapital, when they all wear Che Guevara shirts, maybe at a certain point we would be wise to take them at their word. They look like a duck. They waddle like a duck. They quack like a duck. Maybe they're a duck. Maybe they're a communist. And if they are, do we really want them calling all the shots? Do we really want to affirm their lies, either actively or by silence? Silent acquiescence. I don't know what the good Lord's plan is for our leadership moving forward. Romans 13 says that the governing authority is a minister of God. No authority exists among men except that which is instituted by God. And we should really consider, maybe, maybe, just maybe, part of God's judgment is to let the world be conquered by Russia and China. And I think a lot of very Gnostic, hyper spiritual, emotional, therapeutic age Christians want that. Because it would be an excuse. It would be a great excuse to say, well, there's nothing that can be done about it. We don't want anything to be done about it. We don't want there to be any way for us to intervene. We don't want there to be a good argument for engagement. I'm increasingly convinced of that. The more I have studied political science and philosophy and theology and history and current events and the folks I know and the people I know and the people I love but who sometimes I just have to shake my head at all the more because I love them, I think being a parent gives me some idea of what's up. It's like when you tell your child to clean their room or do their schoolwork or eat their vegetables and they come up with a long list of reasons why they forgot or it wasn't convenient or they just couldn't. Can't and couldn't are words that come up quite a lot when you don't want to. And that doesn't mean that wanting to will always mean you can. But when you don't want to do a thing and you're committed to not doing a thing, you can always rationalize passivity. And that's where the real battle is right now. The real battle is not in trying to convince the Biden administration to do something about the Ukraine, to do something about Taiwan, to stop destroying and dividing this country. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And yet here's Biden dividing us as a house as much as he can. Or perhaps uniting us, actually. Maybe he's doing too well at wreaking havoc on everything he touches. Maybe he is actually uniting us. And that should give us reason to be optimistic. But it also should sober us. Because if Biden is representative of not only who we are as a country now the judgment we're under as a country right now? If that's the case, then it's just like with Obama. The problem is not first and foremost that Obama was president for eight years. The problem is that we voted for him as a country, and we went along with his social engineering and his historical revisionism and his radical leftism and his community organizing writ large on a national and international scale. The problem is not Biden. The problem is that we would rather a dementiatic drive this country into the ground so we could blame it on him and the Democrats than prepare ourselves mentally and practically for the potential that we need to be the leaders here shortly. Read Isaiah chapter 3. Part of the judgment that God's people are under is that all of their human resources, their human capital is stripped from them. They have no more captains and wise men and leaders. That's more dangerous than running out of food and water, believe it or not. You're always going to run out of food and water at some point. When you run out of good leadership, (laughs) when you run out of good leadership... (laughs) You run out of everything and some other country's leaders will see that and they will step in and we don't want that so what are we going to do about it that's all I've got for this episode I gotta run as always thank you for listening be sure to tune in tomorrow I hope for the end is always near a rather rosy surprisingly hopeful and I'll explain why Outlook on the Apocalypse. Also, be sure to go back and listen to the episode from yesterday where I interviewed my son Solomon Mullet, 12, turns 13, the end of this year. Artist, he explains how he approaches art, sketching, good advice, good perspective for the aspiring artist in your life, whether that's you or someone you know. Also check out My Treatment of Live Not by Lies by Rod Draher for more commentary on that book. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless.